0: This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, well, welcome and Merry Christmas, y'all. Welcome, and uh, we're glad they're joining us on this very merry week on the Behold podcast. This is quite the treat, actually, quite the Christmas surprise for you all, is that we have not one honored, esteemed guest, but we actually have two guests. So Sean and Dan, and always, as always, and then today we have the wonderful, the only, say your name, sir? Tim Barley. Wow. Even just the the sound of it, it rings in my ears. (laughs) And then his young protege over here, what's your name, sir? Tommy Sidebottom. Wow. You guys look tan. Have you been somewhere maybe <laughs> tropical recently? <laughs>
1: it it kind of throws people off when you say tropical. <laughs> Greener than here, maybe? Okay. <laughs> that, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where were you and, guys? And
2: warmer than here.
1: We were in uh, Liberia in Western Africa.
0: Wow. I thought you were going to say like Minnesota or something. That's amazing. That's Liberia. That's the opposite of tropical. How,
3: how many people true. do you think uh, in our church family could if you handed him a map of Africa, could pick out where Liberia is.
0: Well,
2: Tommy's family for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you guys definitely. Oh, I don't know. I, I might be hard pressed. <laughs> okay, we'll stop there then.
3: <laughs> there, uh, was, wait, there was a few years there in middle school where um, I wasn't really there. I mean, I was there, but I wasn't really there, if you know what I'm saying. So there's some gaps.
2: You mean in but, geography class that you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Well, one of the exciting parts of that, this whole journey for me and Tommy. And actually there's a, a third brother who couldn't be with us today, who was with us. His name is Hunter Barcel, And one of the, the most exciting parts of this trip was just doing research on Liberia and learning about its history, which I had never heard of before. Yeah, it's, it's pretty unique actually.
1: Um, it's something that I looked into in the past. And then as we were coming up and approaching the trip, did a little you know, cursory Googling. I found out that Liberia was actually established by freed slaves um, in the 1800s. Yeah, so there was a society that was created in the United States to send freed slaves back to Africa. And when they landed, they landed in Liberia. Um, and so many of the people there their ancestors actually lived in the US, were freed slaves and then were sent back.
0: Well and it's fascinating because if you go online to like YouTube or something and you type in Liberia, you'll see all these like clickbaity titles and it's like America and Africa. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's true. I love it. Yeah. Well and, and for, 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 for our normal beholders, you might be wondering why are we talking about Liberia? You know, you're you're we're breaking from our normal kind of vibe today because we wanted to hear uh, what God did on this trip. So, um, Sean, why don't you kind of why not you kind of kick us off? Like, tell them kind of what we're going for today.
0: Yeah, I mean, just uh, you know, set the set, well, we'll circle back to the specifics of Liberia in just a second. But uh, you know, someone might be asking themselves, why were these guys in Liberia? Was this just a vacation? You know, but uh, this is what we would call a, a, a mission trip. You know, we're here to do mission work globally. And we even have here at VBC, we can refer to them as global mission partners who are, are doing that work all over the world. And we some of these trips we go, and like you guys did, we we visit them, support them, and equip them and whatnot. But maybe just a starting place for us to talk about is what's a mission, what does it look like here at VBC, and why do we do it? You know, And how does that, what does that look like here at this church family?
2: Yeah, so what happened— before we get into that, just a, a few years ago, we began to look at the, the, the program, our missions program, and we are all about raising up people, individuals, single, married families who would want to go and serve God in some global capacity and send them out as, as missionaries who we support. In the same way that we read in, you know, Acts, you know, Paul and he took, you know, Barnabas or, or, or whoever and went on these, you know, mission journeys. And we have, we've sent out people over the years who've served in foreign lands. In fact, we have folks out there right now who, who are doing that. However, what we also noticed is that we have quite a few people who we support in a variety of ways, some financially, some through various projects, some by sharing resources, whatever it may be. And they're not really missionaries in that we raised them up and sent them out. They're more accurately nationals, people who were born and raised in the nation in which they live, and they serve most commonly as pastors or overseers of some ministry. And so we began to look at the whole paradigm and realize it's not really accurate to call them our missionaries because they're not. They're they're more accurately our partners. And so we just began to play around with that idea and we landed on the idea of mission partners, global mission partners, folks who we're partner with, partnering with uh, to... Uh, advance the gospel through evangelism discipleship and church planting those are our that's our bread and butter so to speak you know the, the the primary uh focuses of of missions so we began to evaluate the folks that we were interacting with and came to this place where we realized okay thank thank God we're all that, that that's what's happening they are doing those things, and so we didn't have to boot anybody right <laughs> but we just recategorized how we how we refer to them and so that just became a lot more uh, accurate in regard to who they are how we relate to them all those kinds of things so now we have global mission partners people who we have solidified a partnership with uh, many of them we've been interacting with them for you know decades we also have uh, a group of folks we call Global Mission Contacts. And so what? one of the ways that, that folks at VBC, uh, either campus, you know, Altamont or Crossing, can help be involved in missions is, say you're a business person and you're traveling to, you know, a foreign country on business, and you either go to a church service or you meet someone who oversees a ministry, and, and maybe you even go there repetitively. And you get to know this person, and you feel like you know what. There's something about this person that that seems uh, consistent with who we are and what we do. You know, at VBC, so we would invite uh, th- that person from VBC to to talk to the missions team about that and say, Hey, we would love for you to get in touch with Timo Heimlich from <laughs> Berlin, and we we we've observed this guy, we've listened to this guy, we feel like he is an example of someone who is doing what VBC stands for and represents, you know, Evangelism, Discipleship, Church Planning, and Timo Hamlick is a real person, and that's exactly what happened. We uh, Mario Roshky was going over to to Germany, he met this guy, tracked with this guy, followed him, suggested his name to us, we got in contact with him, began to develop a relationship, and now he's one of our global mission partners. Wow. Man, that it, it's funny because if you think about it, that shift makes
0: so much sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I even think about what ministry would have been like for Paul and all his buddies. You know, mm-hmm. but at that time, most of the world wasn't even discovered by their culture yet. You know, or not populated yet. But here now today, I mean, every nation in the world they got Bibles. They have someone there who who loves Jesus, mm-hmm. and so just knowing what a relational thing ministry is. It makes so much sense to support someone who's there, who's a local, who can form lasting relationships. Versus, I mean, not not that it is, but I think sometimes this idea of like a a Western church going on a mission trip, coming back, it's like they get made fun of for their savior complex. You know, I'm gonna go and save the world and come back. But yeah, I love and we do that too. But I I love the the supporting of locals and what they're doing there, which is really awesome.
3: Well, and and that's a great point, Sean. it's not that we don't want to send missionaries out, right? Right Tim? We we yeah. we do want to raise people up that have that gift and that desire and and send them out. Um but it's just uh we don't want to necessarily just wait for that to happen. We want to par- partner with what God's doing in the world here and now and and find those people that are already doing it and support them while we raise up those people that might be sent out. Yeah. yeah both ends.
1: Absolutely. I think one of the key pieces too is that you know, as you travel and you meet other people in other places in the world, you realize that while we are all human and we all have certain basic needs and desires, the way that we express those things, the way that we understand those things is fundamentally different. Mm -hmm. And so just in going to Liberia, even for instance, you know, we're over there and we're meeting people and we're talking with people. I mean, you realize that, man, everyone does need to hear the love and message of Jesus Christ, but the way that I articulate it might not be a way that connects with people. Mm -hmm. And so to rely on people who are there, who are locals, who that's, that's their home country. That's their home community, you know, native language. Yeah. Native language. That means that, you know, now we're actually sharing the gospel more effectively. So supporting people that are doing that is, is a more effective means of of sharing the gospel in reality.
2: in in fact, they're, they're an English speaking nation, but their English and our English isn't (laughs) exactly the same. And so we found ourselves in several times, all three of us, where we were communicating very basic, you know, kind of things in English, but later it was reported to us that didn't convey the same meaning as it would, you know, in, in America. Oh
3: man, do you have any funny examples? I'd love to, I'd love to hear one. Yeah. Does it, does
1: it involve a girl? <laughs> it might. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we have a couple of examples. One that's, pretty basic on Wednesday. So we were there Sunday through Friday and it was Wednesday and we're getting ready to leave for the evening from being at this uh, annual meeting between a couple of churches and a couple of people came up to me and said, oh, you know, are you going now? And I said, yes, you know, we're going. And they said, oh, well, it was very nice to meet you, have a safe trip back. And, And I said, well, no, no, we're just going back to the, to the place we're staying. We're just going back to the hotel. Like, we'll <laughs> see you tomorrow. They're
3: trying to get rid of you. And, yeah, I think so.
1: I think that was really the case. Um, but yeah, it was funny to see that, you know, just in that, just that, are you leaving now?
3: Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah.
1: the context of how they're asking that, it just means something different than what I was thinking.
2: It's funny. Yeah, someone said to me uh, when I first saw them, uh, good night. And I'm like, well, for us, that means, see, I'm, I'm going to bed. You know, but for them, that's like, oh, it's it's a good evening kind of thing. <laughs> right. So anyway, you can, greeting, you can yeah. quickly yeah, see yeah. that it could become, you know, a little bit, you know, of an interpretation yeah. kind of quandary. Yeah. But Dan, I wanted to to say something about what you said because you're absolutely right. We 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 always want to be alert to the potential of raising up people from within our church communities to send out. But you're right. That that is not going to be an overnight process, right. you know. It, in some in some cases, it, it could take years, you know, because the person has to be identified. Then we have to, you know, get to know the person. Then we have to figure out, you know, where they sense that, that they might, you know, be serving. Uh, making Training, sure that it's what's that? getting trained. Yeah, getting trained. Yeah um you know just getting the financials you know all put together that that's that's not going to be something that happens quickly but but nevertheless time's ticking you know and we do have since this this uh this urgency and so not that we're not going to to do our you know due diligence and make sure we're careful about all of that but what you said is so perfect, Dan, that there's still folks already who are living there, nationals, they know the culture, they know the language, they know the gospel, who we just don't know. And so as we meet them, we want to be able to partner with them, or at least get to know them as contacts, and hopefully that will develop into a partnership down the road.
0: Yeah, no, and, and just to be clear, you know, I think this is one of those things, and it's an area of freedom as Christians as far as what this might look like exactly. And we're not saying if you come from a church background that's very, you know, mission sending out people focused, that's wrong at all. No. You know, we, um, we hopefully as a church family— Each and every one of us are willing to do whatever we need to do for the the good of the gospel. If that means going across the world, well, hopefully all of us would do that. But we just feel, you know, convinced with our resources that God's entrusted us with here at Valley Bible Church that usually that's best spent by equipping and encouraging and supporting and even teaching some of these people who are uh, there locally doing mission work. So, with that in mind, what was the main purpose of this Liberia
2: trip? we were invited to speak at a uh, an annual conference that that they hold there and we probably receive you know, every week or so, an email from some pastor, church, organization saying, hey, you know, support us. We want your support or whatever. Usually it's financial. And I I try to respond to every one of those and help them to understand we don't just write checks and send them out like, like that. We, we, we want to develop relationships. And so a couple years ago, I received an email from Moses, uh, Wigar Wygar um, from Liberia, and he said that he had you know looked at our website, and it was clear that he was familiar with what we were. He wasn't just saying that, and just had some questions about you know things that we were doing, and wanted to tell me a little bit about what they were doing. And so, for, over the course of a couple of years, we developed an email friendship, and he had invited uh, me over uh, several times prior to our actual, you know, trip and it just didn't work out. And then he talked about this conference and it just seemed to, even though we're in the midst of, you know, COVID, it still seemed like it was good timing to to go. And so primarily we were, well, not primarily, one of the reasons we went was to speak at this conference. The other reason was to meet him face to face to get a, a, just a sense of the lay of the land, you know, so to speak, and and try to determine if he uh, and his, you know, the churches in which he oversees have potential for us to partner with in the future. It's awesome.
0: Tommy,
1: how did you get sucked into this? (laughs) Tim will often ask me uh, if I want to go on trips with him. uh, He'll just text me. And this time he said, hey, how much time you got off? (laughs) <laughs> and I said, or "How much you know PTO do you have?" I said, "Not a lot, but what do you have in mind?" Oh my and gosh! He, he texts me back and he says, "Well, uh, there's this opportunity to go to Liberia, and here's what it's kind of about." And I said, "Okay, let me see so if I can figure this out." So I talked with my employer, and they were really open to the idea of me going on this trip and taking the time off work. And um, it yeah, God clearly said, "Okay, go," and I said yes. Huh. That's awesome.
2: You know the the preference is never to go alone. You know, n- none of us, you know, who are part of the mission team, ever want to go alone for a variety of for a reasons. lot of reasons. Yep, sure. <laughs> one, one is obviously safety, but secondly, it's just so great to have. You know, in in our case, you know, you know, three sets of eyeballs, you know, three sets of ears, mm-hmm. you know, three hearts. You know, just to be able to process. So every day, you know, we spent time, you know, in prayer, processing what we were seeing, sensing. Uh, you know, we discussed uh, how to, you know, share resources, you know, what our next steps would be. It, it was just wonderful. You know, just even looking out for each other. We, we all had different gifts and strengths that became very apparent. <laughs> and just being able to use those to help each other out and navigate through it all, it was just It was completely divinely orchestrated, the whole little mini team.
1: Yeah, and we each have different levels of experience uh, in missions and in ministry and as believers and and just where each of our lives are at. Tim has been traveling and working in missions and serving the Lord for upwards of three decades, uh, which is longer than I've been alive.
2: Uh, (laughs) I used to write a pterodactyl to some of my assignments, yes. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) Um,
1: and then for me, you know, I've been a part of VBC since I was two years old. I'm about to be 26 years old, Um, so I've been involved at the church and been around. um, Haven't taken many trips like this. Um, And then for Hunter, he just recently came to VBC um, within the last year and Mm -hmm. is a, a newer believer. And so to have all three of us with different perspectives. Um, and different things that we look out for, you know, just spiritually. Um, I think it balanced everything out really well um, to have those differing levels of experience and expectations.
3: I I have a question for you guys. Um, I I know a lot of people were back home praying for you guys. And I would just love to hear how how God showed up, you know, with regards to just, I don't know, like maybe there was a, a moment or a circumstance or an encounter with somebody where, you were just like, okay, this is so clear to me that people back home are praying for us because God just did dot, dot, dot. I would love to hear, you know, some of those, uh, examples.
1: Yeah. There was one on the way home, actually. Um, you know, COVID restrictions make travel very interesting. Oh, I hadn't heard about exciting. that. I, I didn't I
3: had no clue. That was yeah, the
1: thing. I know. It, it's wild. There's this global pandemic, and it somehow affects getting into and out of countries. Um, but we were getting ready to leave Liberia. We're in the departures terminal, and um, there was a lot of trouble with a test that, that Hunter needed to take in order to leave the country. And uh, so we had to have access to really solid strong Wi-Fi or, or internet for him to be able to FaceTime a person while he took a COVID test so that they could validate that it was approved. And of course, our phones, we didn't have Liberian SIM cards or, or data or anything. So we're trying to use what we have through our phones. And, well, it's and, just and not Tommy's
2: connected. phone had died oh, yeah. two days before. Oh, no. My phone had 10% battery. And, and you couldn't charge it and wear headphones at the same time. So it was, and Hunter's phone yeah. didn't, didn't have international access. So it was just this. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, wow. so we Dilemma. went over to one of the people who, at the ticket counter, and just said, you know, can you help us? Like, we're trying to figure out, you know, is there someone that we could talk to to get stronger internet access so that Hunter could take this test and then we can get on our plane. And the lady at the desk said, you know what? Yeah, you, you could use, you know, you could use my phone. Um, wow. and that was just a huge blessing, uh, to us. And then after Hunter took the test, it was negative. You know, we're all set to go check our bags and, and go through immigration and all the controls to leave the country. Um, you know, we went back over to her and we just said, you know, thank you so much. Um, you know, we, Compensator for the data because it was a lot of data, and then uh, we also just said, "How can we be praying for you?" Um, and she shared with us that she actually is in an abusive marriage, um. Um, and that she doesn't really see a way out. Um, and so, to be able to sit there and just hear her share some of that, um, and then pray with her, um, and you know, just feel like that was an opportunity right there. Um, just to minister to someone who is clearly in need um, of that hope um, and support, and yeah, so I don't know.
2: There are just so many, you know, components to that whole interaction. You know, for those of you flying internationally, you know how it's just a zoo. You know, you go in and people have all this baggage, and they've got like five, six big boxes and bags, and they're going through, you know, trying to get the their baggage checked and get their seats and all that kind of stuff. This this woman, her line, had no one in it, and it, it, we're just like, what? this is not normal, yeah. <laughs> you know. She's just she's just there, and like like God had uh, you know appointed her to be there for us and then for us to be appointed for her as well. So it was just this beautiful, you know, kind of symbiotic kind of relationship that the Lord just established right at that, that moment at that time. And it was wonderful too, just to, to speak about Tommy and Hunter. It was a very stressful time. We got there three hours before the flight was supposed to leave Three and a half, three and a half hours. Thank you. Before the flight was supposed to leave. And so now it's less than an hour, before the flight's supposed to leave and we're still trying to get our phones to cooperate with us. and so I'm watching these guys and you know and we're on the home stretch and that can often be a stressful time anyway because you know it's like the barn sour horses that just want to get back to the <laughs> barn you know um, but these guys were just they they were so riveted on we're, we're going to to trust in the Lord. We're going to pray. We were praying, you know, nonstop through this whole thing, and just allowing the peace, you know, of the the Spirit of God to just completely take control. And I couldn't have been more encouraged by these guys and the whole situation. So, anyway, that was just one example, Dan, of God's faithfulness to us, and we reflected many, many times about all the folks who were praying for us back home.
3: Yeah, thank you, VBCers, for uh, for being faithful in that. God Amen. definitely yeah. definitely yeah. used your prayers
0: that's awesome well even i'm just thinking about you know because i work in the office with you the day you're trying to leave you know the day before same thing all these things and then just things worked out and lined up and god got you there so it's 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 cool to witness that um yes maybe from your time there you know what what do you feel because it's probably different for each of you what's something that god really showed you because i think that these things we we sometimes think only about, you know, what we're giving, giving on these trips, but man, you, you learn and are growing and stretch so much. And I was just even, you know, listening to you guys talk, I'm just thinking to myself, man, Tommy's been at this church since he was two years old and just watching you grow and your development. It's such an encouragement to all of us seeing that of just, it's a testament to God's faithfulness in you and through you and stuff like this only adds to that. So that, all that said, what's something that God kind of showed you and, and developed in you during this trip?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, the theme of the annual meeting that we went to was to be eager for Christ, mm. and the core verses were Acts two forty two through forty seven, um, which talks about being devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, uh, to prayer, um, and fellowship. And, and fellowship. Thank you. And that was what we centered ourselves on the whole time in meeting with, um, all of the Liberian folks that were hosting us, you know, at this annual meeting. And one of the sermons, um, really stuck out to me. There was this line it was one of the pastors it was pastor Moses. He was talking about, um, Jesus being the light of the world where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And he said something that really stuck out to me. He said, if you cannot see where you are going, then every direction is the wrong direction. Hmm. You know, uh. that that if if things aren't illuminated, it doesn't matter if you're on the path or not. You wouldn't know and and so it's the wrong direction. It's the wrong path. And so to really take that away and say, okay, you know, am I looking for the paths and the areas in my life that are illuminated or am I closing myself off to, to paying attention to where God is calling me to go, what he's calling me to do and how he's called us all to live. Mm. You know, am I listening to those things and allowing those to guide me? Or
2: am I just hoping that I'm on the right path? Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It was was a very profound, profound time to, to hear them talk about that and to see this desire for eagerness you know, to be developed for, for service in the body of Christ. For me, I, I I've been thinking about our Christmas series Emmanuel the kingdom of kept promises and one of the realities that me and and Tommy and Hunter were quickly uh, aware of was the the health of the gospel hmm. that in Liberia which has a, a lot of a lot of challenges you know there there's there's a lot of there's a lot of poverty you know they they had a horrific uh, ebola outbreak years ago they had a a, a traumatic civil war uh, that ended almost 10 years ago 2003 okay yeah. they did longer than yeah. that almost 20 years yeah, ago 20. but they were very very uh, consistent in telling us that they are still dealing with the aftermath of that. Wow. Just a lot of infrastructure, you know, issues and and all of that, but yet you know, there is a resounding voice from the people of God in that nation trusting that Christ is their only hope. Wow. And we just were so aware of that they when when they sang, you know, when they prayed, when they, you know, just lived their lives of worship, it it was as if every cell in their body, you know, had been activated toward, toward Jesus, Mm. you know, just so, so full of gratitude and thankfulness. And anyway, we, we all left with just this overwhelming confidence that, That the kept promise of the advancement of the kingdom of God is happening, and it's happening in places you might not expect it to happen, Mm. and there in you know like Liberia, it is uh, it is well and thriving.
3: Tim, Tim, do you do you think that that stuck out to you guys so much because it's it's not the same way here, and and if so, what do you think keeps it from being our our Reality here, you know, in such a in such a desperate kind of like clear, you know, visible way.
2: Yep. Yeah. You know, a, an, an African pastor once told me, you know, young pastor Timothy, in America, many people say they believe in God, but in Africa, we depend on God. Mm. And and I, I'll never forget that because it was just such a. Uh, a stark reminder of what we can very easily kind of spiral down in, into you know that we've got our bank accounts we've got our you know habits we've got our houses our cars, our conveniences all those kinds of things, and so the idea of needing God depending on God is not as prevalent as it as it is in places like where we were
0: hmm. It's it's so interesting thinking about that and like what you just shared about the worship there and the prayer there. Because, you know, we talk a lot about in, in, you know, church leadership of how do we just stir up more of that, you know, just this heart of worship and this heart of just uh, every cell of my being. But then you, you, again, like you just said, it comes back to, well, man, where's your heart at? You know, are you really depending on God and and it's shocker, surprise that in one of the most affluent areas in the world, <laughs> we're so comfortable, with people aren't needing to depend on God. You know,
2: I was just really encouraged at, at the end of our week. Um, Pastor Moses came up to me and said, "I I, I can't thank you guys enough for uh, for participating with us uh, in in our worship." He said, "I've had Americans come over before." and they'll cross their arms and lean up against the wall. And, you know, they just won't, they won't engage either in worship or in, or in interaction with our our people, you know, between, you know, services or whatever it may be. And Tommy and Hunter were just all about it. You know, they were talking to people, lots of you know conversations, photos, you know exchanging email addresses wow. you know just all those kinds of things and I could see Moses just watching our interaction and it was it was sincere and and and, and beautiful and then when we were singing, you know we weren't you know standing you know stiff armed and or stiff bodied and and you know not not responding to what others were we we said, hey, we just wanna we wanna be a part of what they're doing here. It's a beautiful yeah. expression of worship and it's not necessarily how e- either any of us would would worship back in, you know, a, a service at VBC necessarily, but it it was appropriate and it fit and it was joyful and wondrous and, yeah. and we had a several times they would just grab us and just you know say, Come come down and oh, that's awesome. We we comment tell them about the, the offering.
1: Oh the offering. I think the offering was really cool. This is something that stuck out to me just In terms of attitude of the entire church body, uh, you know, of the people that we were visiting, so during the offering time, there was music being played and singing, and one of the ushers would go and get this rolling cart, this offering cart, like the
2: Ark of the Covenant kind of thing,
1: (laughs) a little bit less ornate, okay, okay, but but yeah, similar, similar, Uh, and they would roll it up to the front, in front of the pulpit, and then they would dismiss people row by row, and everyone would dance. Like, and just be in step That's with the, the music best. all the way up to the offering basket, you know, with, you know, their offering in hand and just singing and rejoicing. And, you know, we did that for each service, wow. which meant we did that twice a day for four <laughs> days. And then they had their annual meeting still going Saturday and Sunday and, wow. uh, so it's clear, this is a big part of what they yeah. do, you know, and it was just really cool to see their heart
2: towards it.
3: Well, God loves a cheerful giver.
2: Well, they were cheerful, beyond cheerful. It yeah. was amazing.
3: And you know, you know what, uh, some people call the, you know, what you were describing kind of the opposite of that, right? Just standing still with arms crossed, whatever it, you, you guys might, might appreciate this. It's the chosen frozen, mm-hmm. the chosen yeah. frozen, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and obviously, you know, every culture is a little, little different and, and, we don't want to compare our culture to, to that in Liberia. That's not fair. It's not helpful, but just to just, you know, when you, when you read about praise in the Bible, it's very, there's, there's movement attached to it. You know, um, there's, there's a posture of the heart for sure, but there's also a a physical posture involved. Um, and there's, there's beautiful variety and, and, in that expression. And I think when we go somewhere else where maybe, um, the the culture is just a little bit more free or a little bit more expressive. You you see that, you know, in a clear way. Um, but man, that's something that's definitely on, on my heart, you know, for VBC is just wanting to see more of that kind of freedom. And, and what does that look like for us? Not not expecting our people to be um, like the Liberian folks, but, but like, what does that kind of movement and freedom and expression look like, you know, in our church gatherings? Um, so definitely inspiring. You know, another thing, that I wanted to circle back to is like, I think, um, in a place like, like the tri Valley where there is a lot of money and there is a lot of security and comfort. Um, the, the reality that we're dependent upon God doesn't change. It's the perception of that dependency that Mm -hmm. changes. Right. So the, the, the truth is that we are desperate for God, that we, that even you on a molecular level, (laughs) he is holding everything together. Um, and in him, we, we live and move and have our being like, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for him. And, um, and then you, you know, you think about just the ways that he provides for us and cares for us and pursues us. Um, you think about our own, uh, you know, sinful proclivities and just how, you know, broken we are, um, in and of ourselves, like, we are desperate for God here too. Just like, it, just like in Liberia. We just don't always notice it.
0: Well, I think what's interesting is, is you know, thinking about that, it's like, man, it, I think it's easier to forget that you're dependent on God when you're not, you know, starving, you're not going through civil war and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's easy to forget. But then when you take a step back and really look at it, in some ways, we're much more desperate here than Liberia, by the sounds of it. You know, spiritually looking around, like mean, we are starving in, in our area and the culture here and some of the, the changes that are happening. Uh but again, we're kinda of blind to it. It's almost like your thing of of illumination of man, if we're not illuminating the path of the gospel in our area and our culture, then we're just we're wandering the darkness, you know. And mm-hmm. We can pretend, you know, we can think that we're on the right path because of our comfortability and all these things. But at the end of the day, I hearing these things about some of these people in Liberia or just, just other less affluent nations that are just so clinging to God,
1: man, it's inspiring and convicting too. Yeah. Well, something that always comes back to me is something that Tim actually said probably over a decade ago. It's still in a note on my phone. I've got this little running note of little phrases and things that different speakers and pastors say. And, um, I don't remember what the sermon was or what you're talking about, Tim, but he said, success is defined by your faithfulness to God. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not defined by what you drive to work, where you work, where you live, you know, but that the most important thing to be successful in is, is in being faithful to God. Mm -hmm. And that really matches up with what this theme of being eager for Christ is all about. You know, are we hungry to serve the Lord? To run after him, is that the motivating factor in our lives, or are we looking at all these other things around us to bring us satisfaction and, mm. and to bring us that feeling of success?
2: I think that'll preach. I think I that'll, that'll preach, Tommy. Dan. By the way, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that, dude. What no. were you saying, Tim? Sorry, I, I think you're the one that taught taught me that. Oh, okay,
3: okay. Yeah. I was I was about to say I yeah. was I was about to say, hey, Tommy. Like, am I in that little place? note, dude?
1: I'd love to get in that little
3: no, note. How do I get in your little note thread?
1: <laughs> you might be there, actually. All right, all right. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, you know, and just thinking about
0: the the cultural differences. You know, one of the things obviously here culturally relevant right now is Christmas, is the season of Christmas. And it's so funny is I keep joking about this, but I'm like, man, this is such easy pickings for Christians or it should be like people are singing songs about the savior. They have, you know, a Jesus doll under their tree. Like the, the openings are there for us to, you know, be real with the gospel. So maybe what's one thing that you're kind of taking from this trip as we head into this Christmas week, you know, what's something that God in relation to what you just shared about what he taught you, um, you're kind of clinging to and hoping to hang on to as we celebrate Christ coming.
2: Yeah. For me, it's, not allowing and it's kind of a culmination of everything we've been talking about but not allowing anything to diminish the the glory the brilliance of our hope in 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 Christ and in, in the gospel and like like you know we were sharing the, the folks there have oh, so many needs so many needs you know we we went into classrooms at the school that the church sponsors and I mean way too many little kids crammed into way too small a space. Uh, you know, uh, m- Moses who lives, how, what's the time distance from where he lives to the church where he's pastoring? Probably about 30 minutes at yep. least. So Moses 25. 30 minutes away with car with over 300,000, you know, miles or kilometers, you know, on it, um, that, that doesn't even fit his whole family when they're all together, just needs, 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 you know, all these Mm -hmm. kinds of things. But yet, man, just this, this refusal to allow the brilliance, you know, the, the, the glory of the gospel to be diminished by anything, Mm -hmm. you know, not, not, not poverty, not Ebola, not COVID, not civil war, just this determination to, to speak out, you know, and to, and to worship and to praise and to invite others to, to come in and experience that. I just undeniably, you know, real and sincere and of priority. Love that.
1: Absolutely. In preparing for the trip and then in some of the discussions that we had on the trip and some of the opportunities that we had to share and talking about eagerness, it made me think a lot about, well, what's the core motivation why am I as a Christian compelled to live my life eagerly for Christ? Like, how do I get there? Um, Because it's easy to say, okay, I should be eager for Christ. And then it's like, okay, well, what what do I do with that? How do I Mm. get to that point? And I think about Philippians, um, chapter two, um, where it talks about this picture of Jesus emptying himself. Um, and that, that love that he exhibits is what compels us to share his love with others. Mm. And so if, if I'm, wanting to stay eager and hungry to serve the Lord, then I need to ground myself in that truth and the reality that that love has fundamentally transformed my life yep. and everything that I do. And if I don't ground myself in that, I'll lose the motivation very quickly and lose the lighted path too. So I think in heading into this next year and looking at another year of complicated COVID life, you know, of living in an area where the gospel is not always well-received, you know, in having day-to-day challenges that might want to take my focus off of the Lord. If I'm grounded in, in the love that Christ exhibits for us, then I will stay motivated and it won't be because of anything that I'm doing, but because of what he's done.
2: Love that. That's awesome. Could I give a couple of, uh, Plugs for a couple things. You're my boss, so I can't say no. So <laughs> sure. <laughs> so first of all, a couple couple of good reads for those of you who are having your hearts kind of stirred by this idea of missions and global mission partners and all those kinds of things. to, two read suggestions. One, uh, the Book of Acts. Hmm. Read through the Book of Acts over the next. Week and look for the ways that you know evangelism, discipleship, church planting, you know, church care; those kinds of things took place in the Book of Acts, and I think you'll 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 find some new discoveries that maybe you haven't seen before. That that we hope will encourage you. Second, there's a book called "When Helping Hurts" by Corbett and Fickert. And it's a great, great read, and it describes some of the challenges and dilemmas we should consider in providing assistance to those outside of our church, you know, locally, nationally, globally, and things that we just need to to keep in mind that that we used to not think about at all, but now that we've learned a little bit as the, you know, community of faith— we realize, eh, maybe it isn't the best thing to just give money to someone who asks for it. Mm. You know, maybe it's not good to just go for a couple days or a week and then never, you know, communicate with these people again. So anyway, some great, great insights from there. Thirdly, we we go on trips quite often here. You know, there's a, a, a Navajo, you know, uh, mission journey that we go on every year. Uh, we often go to Belize uh, annually. Uh, we just uh, just before COVID went on a, a, a mission trip with doctors and dentists, physicians and dentists to Iraq. And we're always looking for ways that we can go and encourage you know those that we support, get to know new prospective partners if that's something that is of interest to you, we encourage you first of all, get a passport <laughs> you know, or make sure your current passport is up to date because sometimes these opportunities come up very quickly, and you might get a call and you might say, "Oh no, I didn't get my passport or you know i'm I'm not up to date and then we encourage you to email us at missions@vbc.online, missions at vbc.online, missions at VBC.online and just give us your name and say, hey, I am interested in being considered for, you know, a a a group, a team, an investigative, you know, collection of folks who want to go out and and do something sometime. I, I don't know if it'll fit in with my schedule, but put my name on the list. We'd love to we'd love to be able to to have that that list of names ready to go
0: that's really awesome and yeah you need at least six months on your passport so if you're that's right you make sure it's up to date need blank pages too
3: oh, I want to go I got Tim. busted I, one
0: time I got busted one time in, in China for not having a blank page on my passport I had to go home
3: <laughs> they gave you a just wow. say stamp my face
0: no literally I was like can't you just squeeze it in like right there and they straight up I had to go home wow it's horrible anyways uh, Dan were you going to say something
2: to end I'll just say take me with you Tim I'll go you need to ask Emily and then all, and then talk to your children and then pray. And then <laughs> your name could be on the list right now though. Put your name. Oh my gosh. Make sure so you send steps. the email. There's a lot of hoops to jump through. A lot through. of
0: hoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, all right guys, a couple takeaways and Tim and Tommy were so grateful for you guys just sharing how, how God worked through and is even still continuing to work through uh, this time in Liberia and Hunter. If you're listening out there, we know it's the same, same for you as well. A couple things. Um, if you I know you just heard from these fellows but man if you haven't yet please 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 go to the website and go to the missions section and you can read all the mission journals from not just this trip but all the past mission trips we've been doing this but you know as I was as these fellows were there and I'm reading their daily updates just what an encouraging thing to do see kind of in more detail from the day to day of how God is just working and you see pictures of all these different things and so I get, as you guys are describing things I can picture it because I'm seeing the pictures and so yeah make sure you take advantage of that um and even go back at past trips and just look at God's faithfulness in those things too second man we hope to see you guys this Friday at the Christmas Eve service uh, both campuses 5 p.m and online but man, we'd love to just have you join us. What an opportunity, right? For some of those uh, two terms you hear a lot—the uh, the CEOs, the Christmas Easter onlys, Christians, or as Gary Darnell would say, the Keisters, the Keisters <laughs> of the world, Christmas <laughs> Easter. Yeah, There's a lot of people, you know, that that maybe wouldn't normally come with you to a church service that might say yes uh, to this. So take that opportunity
3: you actually won't be allowed in the buildings unless you have a friend with you. Yeah. So that's Whoa. the price of admission. It's kind of like
0: Liberia. You need, you need a buddy partner to yeah, go. You got to
3: bring, <laughs> be bringers, you know, like we, Emily and I, we invited our neighbors, huh. but, um, we're making a plan to, 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 so that we can go together and arrive mm-hmm. together and walk in together. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, cause I think a lot of times we invite someone and they'll be like, Oh yeah, I'll go. And then th- at the last minute they bail or, I've had people that I've invited to church come and make it all the way to the parking lot and then even get out of their car and then be like, ah, nah, and turn around and leave. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, so I think it's really powerful when you, we can be inviters for sure, but bringers, bringers is the key, I think.
0: Yeah. And maybe for you, if you don't have plans already, it's even, Hey, come to the service and let's have dinner after kind of thing. Just, you know, about relationships. And kind of the last thing I'm going to leave at least for me, leave us with is with all this in mind you guys just shared, man, are you are you lighting the path this Christmas for your family? You know, are you illuminating Christ? And I know it's so much going on for all of us right now and this in your busy busy lives. But man, as especially you parents out there, if you on Christmas morning, if the biggest thing for your kids and your family is, you know, the shiny gift they got, and what a missed opportunity, you know, so, so do your best light, light the path of the gospel this Christmas and make sure you communicate that to your family or to your friends, or your coworkers, whatever it is, is man, here's this gift, but you need to know that we're, we're giving gifts because we're remembering and celebrating the gift that we received the greatest gift. So hopefully for all of us, man, the coming of Jesus is the most exciting and celebratory part of our Christmas mornings. Yeah. Awesome. Enough said. See you guys Friday at Christmas Eve Services. Thanks, Tim and Tommy, again. Yep, No problem.
2: Love you guys. Thank you.
0: Love y'all. Catch you next week on Behold. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you'd like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash Behold. Catch you guys next week.